0: Hey everybody, welcome to The New Best Practices, a podcast about the process of creating software. Today we're going to talk about learning new things. Uh, that's a really broad topic uh, and it can mean a lot of different things. But I want to start off just by asking Jason, what got you interested in learning software?
1: Money. Uh, I was looking for a career and... I looked at salary levels, and it turned out software engineers make a lot of money—not um, too much, but enough. But <laughs> so, anyways, that that kicked it off. But secondly, I took like a intro to programming course, and um, it was using QBASIC, so it wasn't like anything exciting. There was no games. There was nothing really fun about it. But for some reason just doing, it's called programming logic. So it's just basic logic and programming and QBasic. And um, I think it was just like the problem-solving aspect of it, of like, you know, coming up with a problem and figuring out what kind of logic you need to solve it. And I think there's also curiosity as to like how computers worked. Uh, Because like this is in college and I never really cared before, but it's always like, this magical thing of a computer running a program it's like how does that what's what's doing that and you get to look behind the curtain so that really spurred me to to start my my journey into programming and actually learning what's going on behind the scenes
0: how about you jace for me it was
2: uh robots uh specifically lego mindstorms so this is like middle school or so and that to me it was amazing going from learning, like, visual programming to, like, some C-style languages. Uh, And and I thought I wanted to do mechanical engineering based on that. But then by, like, senior year of high school, I realized mechanical engineering was not really that much programming. And you want to do, like, computer engineering or software engineering or computer science if you really want to do a lot of programming. So, I mean, I had a, you know, fairly traditional intro to programming through, you know, college courses and and that sort of stuff. But uh, how about yourself?
0: So uh, I, I went a little bit different than maybe uh, most software developers. Uh, I had always been a computer. I was always into computers. Uh, I made, made some banned websites in high school um, and you know, built my own computers um, and stuff like that. Uh, but I went, to, I went to school for chemistry initially. Um, and I uh, got into the field, uh, found out that that sucked. Um, and eventually just got more and more into websites. Um, I started messing around with stuff like Drupal and WordPress. Um, and I got interested in starting my own e-commerce. So I had my own uh, e-commerce site, uh, selling racquetball equipment online. Um, and I really learned as I went, um, you know, I, I found snippets of code and pasted them and, uh, hey, that didn't completely crash the site. Awesome, um, you know. So, so I I came at it from more of that end of of more of a practical. Um, uh, I was just trying to get stuff done, and I didn't I I didn't understand a, a lot of what I was doing, and, but that didn't bother me so much at first. Um, eventually, I learned uh, I was doing a lot of bad things, um, and that if I could. Uh, get better at my craft. you know, I could be more productive and I could get even more stuff done. Um, and so so that's that's how I got involved. I, I later went back and, and got a information systems degree and, and all that stuff and uh, but uh, yeah, so that informs a lot of the way I approach uh, problems and learning new things. I still basically take that same uh, <laughs> same approach where, I'm just trying to, to get something done. Um, and, uh, if I can get uh, started with something quickly, get something off the ground and it, and it seems to do the thing I want, then I, then I go back and kind of invest more time. Um, but I, I, it's, I don't, I don't do hello worlds to try stuff out just for fun. Um, that's just, that's just not my style do. Um, do either of you like to just, hey, I want to try out this new thing and, and, and go spin up a Hello World? Um, you guys ever... ever? When's the last time you did that?
1: I don't know about Hello World. Um, usually now, I think, when I'm learning, uh, it's stuff like new concepts or new paradigms that I'm interested in. And a lot of times... There's a lot of languages out there that I could learn, a lot of technologies I could learn, but I may know the fundamentals of them already, so I'm not really interested. So uh, maybe, I guess, you know, I came from more of a C C background, uh, C++, C Sharp, and um, Python was the first thing that taught me kind of about dynamic languages, and that was new to me. Everything I'd done before was dynamic. So I, I spent some time learning that, and then... I think the next probably the next really big thing was JavaScript and learning asynchronous programming and node. Uh because that was a totally different paradigm than what I was used to. And then it kinda of moved on and I think um Go, uh Go was interesting, um with concurrency and channels and the the primitives they have in the language for concurrency. Um and now I'm trying to move into more of a functional area so I'm, I'm looking at enclosure I'm trying to learn functional programming and some of the stuff there so I, th- I think my next step is Haskell someday but that's, that's kind of my learning journey is to like uh, you know just, just learning new, new ways to program new paradigms that maybe I can apply uh, maybe not I think um, most of the world is still in a C style language way to do things
2: yeah, for me, I guess I haven't done too many like like hello world throwaway style like just trial language recently. But the first three uh, say like desktop languages I learned were all learned by re-implementing the exact same problem where I wanted to find a way to do some uh, an analysis on my music library. So like. Parsing like an iTunes XML file or text file, counting up artists, counting up ratings, average average rating, play counts, all that. So I did that one time in QBASIC when I was learning QBASIC in high school. Did it again in Java, uh, and then did it again in Python. Yeah. Um, so like at least that's what I recommended people if they're trying to learn something is at least you want to have some some problem that you're personally passionate about that you can chip away at as you learn new things about a language. Um, But I haven't really, I wouldn't say I've really mastered a new language since Python. Uh, Anything beyond that for work has been just enough to get by. Um, But it also has to do with just interest levels and like, I don't know, I enjoy Python and like, I don't, I don't know why I need anything else for like my hobbies. If that makes sense.
1: Just because it's uh, sufficient for your needs, then it does does all the things. Yeah. It's a general yeah. purpose language, and
2: yeah. Python is the second best at everything.
1: <laughs> Sweet.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Do you? So, Jace, I know you spend a lot of time outside of work programming. You are you are. Uh, you, you love to program, uh, you're involved in, in a lot of open source stuff. Um, but, but you do, most of that is all still in Python. Um, anything
2: I like maintain. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, there's some react, there's some closure script. Uh, there's a lot of just, you know, jQuery nonsense (laughs) in there, but I don't feel like I've ever mastered those. So I still don't know what I'm doing. And I'm actually at this point, not sure how I would even reach the point where I feel like I know what I'm doing. Um, because I, I think I, I don't want to put in the time I would need to say, re-implement that old project of mine in, in like modern JavaScript. Like I'm just not going to spend the time to do it because I don't know what value it has to me. I don't need it. I don't need it for work. I don't need it for fun. Uh, somebody would have to force me to do it, I think at this point to to really feel like I knew a new language. but I also think it is as your career progresses you you know more about what you don't know. So like I might never think I know a new language because I now I know how complicated things are so uh, it's a moving target and the target's accelerating away from me
1: <laughs> <laughs> Too much stuff going on, right? Well,
2: and there's there's so many new things, right? There's a new yeah. Uh, there's a new like version of JavaScript every year. There's ten new front end frameworks every year. There's like even new languages every year. It's it's it seems like it's hard to keep up. So I think you your best to just focus on things that are interesting to you, and then whatever you need to make money. <laughs> Maybe that one should come first. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, like, for that, Ross, is that kind of what you're getting at is, like, as long as you're doing just enough to get by and, like, learning on the job, that's good enough? Uh,
0: I, I wouldn't go with good enough, <laughs> um, but uh, I do think that you, I think you're well served by, by having a job where you are able to learn as you go. Um, that is, um, so I, I recently taught a uh front end development boot camp uh teaching uh React to a bunch of folks, and React is not a great uh thing to be teaching new programmers. Um, it is, it, it is uh to, to Jason, as Jason was talking about, it's, it's kind of a different paradigm that you um. That's good. It's also good to be exposed to that early, um, and and realize that state is the enemy. Uh, but it is it is kind of hard to get get your get your feet wet on it. Um, but they, so these students were all concerned about getting React jobs. They were learn. They were they were talking about you know which companies use React and stuff like this and. Um, my, my line was like, no, no, no. Like you just need to trick somebody into paying you money while you continue to learn like <laughs> that, It like you just need to get in the door. Uh, when I, so I, you know, back to, you know, some of my history, I, I was learning, you know, how to build websites while, you know, I was making $9 an hour working at a, uh, pro audio store again, cause I hate my, cause I hated my chemistry job and quit it, um, But I was able to um, spend all of my time learning, you know, self-directed, you know, community-directed. And so I think that if you, uh, for me, what has been successful is letting other people pay me to learn something. Um, But that has also affected the way I I learn things, is is I'm only learning something if I think it's going to help me
1: well what what does what does help mean for you Russ? um are you saying help you like in your day job and your career like to do work for clients and such? Cause I, uh people may not know what you mean by like what helped I think that you know people derive value differently right so like what what i learn i I don't really care if it like helps my employer don't tell them <laughs> that, but um you know i'm out there i'm I'm curious about things and how they work yes. And, okay so when
0: yeah. I when I say that it helps me I'm I'm talking about it helps me deliver value for others I I think that's what I mean um, that is what that is what gets me going I'm excited about the the power of software uh, I'm excited about solving in you know air quotes real problems with software Yeah. Um, so that that's what that's what that's what I mean by by helping me. I know other people who are uh, smarter than me get get excited about other aspects uh, of of software. And you know, I think it takes I'm glad that we have different types of people involved in software because if if everyone was just trying to make shit work, uh, software would overall be pretty bad. Uh, so we need smart people who like to, try new things and enjoy the, uh, intellectual pursuits of software. Um, you know, not to say that I don't, uh, I, I take great pride in the software, I write. I'm, I'm proud of when I solve a solution elegantly, I am, I am very proud of it. Um, but, but for me, it's not as much of an intellectual, um, pursuit as, as others.
1: Yeah, that's gonna, while you're talking about, I was thinking about like, I think, I, I don't know about the two of you, but you know, I, I feel like I've gotten to a point in my life slash career that um, or right now we're talking about hammers and I don't really care about hammers too much anymore. Like there's some interesting ones out there, but you're you're talking about delivering value and to me there's you you realize that software languages, it kinda all sucks and they all suck in different ways. <laughs> and there's nothing perfect. We don't have a single language, we have a bunch of stuff, right? And there's bad stuff to it all. And you get to the point I at least I, I think I have where it's it's like, yeah, there's there's things that you can do to make the the hammer nicer, but there's a lot bigger problems about how you swing the hammer, what kind of wood you're using, and things like that. And you start thinking about process and about how you really add value and what's really economical. And I think a lot of a lot of younger developers may stumble because they do they want to see value in new things and they see something shiny something new and they want to grab hold of it and they're like watch how fast i can nail nails now because this thing's lighter and it's like well you're building the wrong thing though you just you know messed (laughs) up the whole schedule (laughs) and that's kind of how i view view technologies is uh they're they're trumped by these other factors in software development and delivering value and i think you know that's another thing to keep in mind about learning it's not just necessarily those technologies that are important but also process and part of that's just wisdom and experience as you go and just learning what works and what doesn't work and how you work with others and how you work and lots of other fun stuff i don't know if you guys have thoughts on that also i don't want to get stuck on like languages this whole talk Mm -hmm. about learning because there's so much more
2: so you were saying uh younger developers or people looking for jobs but jobs aren't looking for oh we just want something that can deliver value you no know, jobs are looking for specific, like three to five years of this exact programming language on this version. So how do you, uh, how do you make that work?
1: It's hard to quantify value. I think is, 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 what they're looking for. And also, a lot of times they probably are looking for, like, where we do Ruby and we needed, you know, this project done in the next six months. So we're scaling up. So it's look for a Ruby developer with experience, and that's that's how they're hiring, right? Otherwise, I think and that's mostly I think that's mostly like job posts because the jobs that you know I've gotten in the past however many times have been through people I've known that I've gone and talked to, and it's not some kind of cold call, cold email where it's like, oh yes, I have four to six years of X technology under my belt. Um, It's just a screening mechanism for them, right? They're trying to find experience because they think that that will give them value because they have no other way to judge it.
2: Yeah, and I think it depends how ingrained a certain tech is into your product and at what level you're expecting talent to be. Like, for example, at work, we're not going to hire somebody that's like, oh, yeah, I've never used Python, but I can learn it on the job. Like, we're hiring, like, leaders in the field. Uh, to work on a giant Python application. But if it's uh, maybe like a startup or somebody like where they're constantly shifting around tech, then I don't think it matters as much. But I also don't think any postings are going to say, yeah, we're totally going to let you learn on the job. They're not going to say that, but you are going to learn on the job and you're going to make it work.
1: You'll see some postings though that might list, yeah, we're like a Ruby shop, we do this. Um but you know if if you're if you're a JavaScript front end developer you know and you have some experience, still come talk to us talk to us you know so i I've seen a lot of posts like that where they mention um probably like relatable technologies a lot of times like if you have experience in x that relates to y, therefore like you can apply for this
0: yeah it's so i've gotten a like you were saying Jason, I've gotten a lot of my jobs through people i know um And I have done, I've done, you know, quite, quite a bit of different stuff, um, mostly in in a web and mobile, um, different people have different definitions of, of different stuff. Um, but I have learned by, by having a variety of experiences, I feel like I have learned a lot. Like I have, I have spent time learning Python and, and, um, using that and, and I took some stuff away from that and, and I apply it to, to what I'm doing. Um, same thing with, you know, Objective-C, like really long method names with a bunch of named parameters and, and aligning them vertically. Like I, I do that in Ruby all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, asynchronous programming, like you were saying, there are times where I'm, I'm writing, you know, I'm writing Ruby and I'm like, man, I wish I had a promise here. Um, and even a lot of the, uh, the, what, the way that I was taught to write code in general, um, uh, I, you know, I've always avoided having mutable state. And so I was able to pick up react really, really quickly. Um, but at the end of the day, people hire me because I know rails like that. that, Now that I'm an independent consultant, people like, people hire me to do rails um, and I and I'm doing some mentorship stuff um, where people are very much like yeah b- but but you know can teach me rails right I try to emphasize my diversity of experience but at the end of the day it's the fact that I know rails uh, that has gotten me a lot of my work um, but I have never spent time to like, learn rails outside of like the when i when i first got into it you know i read the pickaxe you know read a read a couple other books but that was the last time i read anything about ruby or or deep dove into anything outside of like hey i need to make a thing happen so i want to learn how to do it
2: so what would that mean though like What would it mean if you did spend time to quote, learn rails? Are you saying you would go to the bookstore and pick up a book (laughs) and sit down? Like you say you haven't learned it. Well, obviously you have, but what is the thing you're saying you didn't do?
0: You know, whether metaphorically or not going to the bookstore and, and, and reading a book is a thing a lot of people do. A lot of people write, like to read books. Um, A lot of people will, you know, build dummy applications to learn a thing. Um, It's those are just not things that I that I have ever uh, that I've really spent a lot of time doing.
2: See, I think because I think books are pretty good. Uh, I like I haven't read many programming books, but the ones I have, I liked because they were thick and, like, I had to get through it. Uh, a lot of tutorials online these days are like, there's so much hyperlinking, you easily get lost, or you can't even tell if you're done. And then you lose it, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm never going to find that page again because the language has already changed. <laughs> but a book, even if it's out of date, it's there. Like, it's, and even if it's a PDF, it doesn't have to be a physical book. It's something to get through. Um, And it's not going to change out from under you. And you have to be pretty much focused on it because it's a, you know, it's a large full screen thing. Um, Now, I don't know if I've learned from a book, but I've felt more comfortable on tech after reading a book. How about you, Jason? Have you read any programming books?
1: Uh, I I have. But I think the most interesting ones, and the ones that have stuck with me, are ones that are not necessarily like technology-specific. So maybe like Gang 4 book, or Oh Code Complete is a good book, and it's a giant book, so maybe you'd like it, um, but it's not necessarily specific to a language or anything. Uh, so, yeah, that, I mean, otherwise, uh, they just seem like they get dated very quickly, and um, especially now, it's more... If I picked it up, it'd be a lot of them teach some basic concepts, and it's like, what are you trying to learn? Are you trying to learn syntax? If you're in a O-O language, um, they're very similar, I feel like. Um, and I'm trying to think of it. So like, I I'm a Rails developer now. Um, I never picked anything up to learn it. I'd done some Python. It was kind of close enough. And like when things were weird, I'd just Google it. I'd find out what it is. I think there's still some things that i could learn but it'd be more maybe internals um there's some uh th- there's some specifics that aren't in other languages like blocks and procs and lambdas that are specific to like ruby that are kind of interesting that you may not pick up um without doing a deep dive on it um trying to think of what else would be there uh, meta programming in Ruby is, is kind of unique to itself, uh, but otherwise, like syntax, you know, you create a class, you inherit in class. It's not it's nothing too special. And even with Rails, with the framework, um, you know, I'd worked in other ORMs that were similar. I'd worked in other MVC things that are similar. So there's nothing too surprising. But again, if I wanted to, do, I I think. There are certain verticals maybe where you could do a deep dive like data persistence um, and learning more about active record and fancy ways to do queries because I know I do pretty simplistic AR queries right now, but they could probably get a lot better if I worked at it. I, d- I don't know if I need a book for that, though. Maybe some um, some blog posts would be sufficient there.
0: So one bad thing about books uh, is that they are persistent. Uh, um <laughs> there are so so i I, I mentioned I, I recently uh, started working with a company um, as the rail you know rails uh, back in the day we would say rails ninja uh, but uh, we don't say that anymore um, but uh, so they have some they have plenty of smart developers there they just have never never spent any time with with rails um. But they bought some books uh, about Rails to kind of, you know, bone up on them. Uh, and, you know, they were updated for Rails version 2, uh, you know, <laughs> with all, all the new stuff that's in Rails 2. Um, and stuff it, like, you know, I'll still see uh, people have, you know, the, the pickaxe books, uh, which is, you know, the uh, programming ruby you know, updated for version one, nine, you know, which is like years, both of these things are, are years and years old. Um, and they're just, they're just not, they're not relevant anymore. Um, and so I, I, I don't think that, that, that the, that the books are always the best. That being said, I have read, you know, design patterns, uh, you know, which is years and years old and, and and took something away from that. So, um, Technology-specific books are probably not, not a great idea.
1: It's, it's funny. Uh, immutability is pretty hot in programming languages right now, but <laughs> books are immutable. <laughs> There's a flip side, though. I kind of hate um, like early access programs to books where I see a book that seems really interesting, is like, but it's it's an EPUB format, and it, they have three chapters done, and it's going to take eight months before they finish it, at least I think. And it's like I I don't really want to buy that, but it seems like they really push these like early access books all the time now. Um, it's like I, for some reason, I'm I'm not interested in getting three chapters or like you know part of a book right now. I'd rather it be done, be able to do it. There, there are I, you think about it and like they you know they used to come out with these. You got a good a good book was this thousand page like Java book right? You can learn everything about Java and Swing and all this information because you have a thousand pages of it. But I've liked um, uh, Pragmatic uh, Programmers bookshelf or whatever their their publishing arm. Um, they have some nice concise books that maybe technology specific, but they're just small. I feel better about that rather than getting like a huge book that goes out of date quicker. Um, and they're not necessarily like, oh, this is the syntax, you know, like var a is equal to six. It's more getting right to the core of the thing, which is nice. So sometimes it's about finding a book at the right level, too.
2: Yeah, one of the, the better books I read in programming was Two Scoops of Django. And it's not about syntax or anything like that. It's about best practices and the why. And that's not really going to change from version to version. Uh, But the other thing about reading from any sort of book or manual or anything of that sort is it gets you away from your keyboard or it gets you away from your code. So you have to intentionally stop reading and then go coding. Where if you're in a tutorial, you're constantly flipping back and forth. Um, And there maybe isn't enough time for your brain to even absorb what you read. Where when I'm reading like two scoops of Django, I actually have to put it down because i got to go try that right now. Like I can't read anymore. I have to try what I read. I have to put a bookmark in and close it. Cause I have, I've already tr- learned so many good things. I have to go try them. Where if you're on a tutorial or just have the docs open side by side, you're just copying and pasting. And maybe I, I don't know if you're learning as much as you could be with that approach. So what do you feel? What do you feel about docs though? In general, how often do you read, say like framework documentation?
1: I love do- I love dry docs now, like just boring. Tell me, tell me what I pass into it, what it does, and what it returns type docs. But when I was beginning, I, I absolutely hated those docs because I was trying to learn general concepts. So I really needed like guides. But I was starting off in like C Sharp land, and what you have there is like MSDN, just those basic docs. It's like doc strings on functions, but it doesn't really tell you like. Oh, how, how do I create this form and do this thing? Um, but i will tell you all the method signatures and what things look like, which, again, once you get past the concepts, that becomes, to me, that becomes super valuable.
2: Yeah, you can, you can tell when documentation is written by people that are using it. Like, they're writing it for themselves because they're, they ran into some weird edge case and they write it into the docs because they're... They're reminding themselves what happened and why things are weird and why you have to do it a certain way.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good to have both. There are definitely times where I'm like, "Which, which method do I call?" <laughs> I can't. These looking at these docs may not tell me the, the method I call um, to to accomplish my goal. And other times, it's glossing over, like, "Oh yeah, you do this." And it's like, well, what does options mean? <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> what can I do with options? Um, so it it's definitely good good to have uh, access to both.
2: Yeah, I think where I am now is like, if I look up the docs once, I'm just gonna look at the method signature and go. But then if I go back to it, I find myself going back a second or third time, then I'll stop and be like, all right, let's actually read the paragraph before and after. Because maybe <laughs> there's some good stuff in here because I'm obviously not getting it or I'm not committing it to memory. So maybe there's like some reason and I should read more about the, you know, the history of this or some explanation about the way it works. Um, but like even having said that, I'm still just Googling like it, like 90% of the time I'm just typing Error messages into Google, clicking on the first Stack Overflow link, like that is still for me how I'm learning or not learning. Like that is maybe a failure of my learning, or maybe that is just the way things are. Uh, but that is still what I do, like almost all the time.
0: Yeah, that I mean, that's just the state of of being a software developer. Um, and 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 that's not even, you know, I don't know how much of that is is. Uh, as you say, like how much of that is actually learning? Like I still have to like Google the basicest stuff. Like oh, like I want to set up a sim, like like which order? <laughs> I know it's ln dash s. Uh, which order do they go in? You know, you know any number of things like that 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 just have not been committed to my memory.
1: You don't use the man page, Ross? Come on, man, LS. I
0: I do not. I do not... I actually do... Uh, I'll do dash dash help a lot on, on the command line. Um, and hope hopefully that, that finds me the thing.
2: But then, like, j- JavaScript tools these days, they think it should be help, and then whatever you're trying to do. Like, it's not dash dash help, it's help and then command. It's very...
1: <sighs> it's, it's, sounds, it's, that sounds good.
2: Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so... How would you, let's say, you know, you're, you know, something terrible happens and you're forced to become suddenly like a, like a, a visual basic programmer. How do you go about learning that? Like something new? And maybe that's maybe a, an absurd example that would never actually happen, but like you you have to do something totally new. How, how do you go about learning that new language or framework or tech or whatever?
0: So, so the thing that I have spent a little bit of time looking at because I do believe that it is a it will d- help me uh, with my definition of help. Uh, I do think it will help me in the future. Is uh, Phoenix and Elixir? Um, just in turn, I, I imagine uh, if 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 I need r- really raw performance and I can't just pay for a bunch of Heroku dynos. Um, you know, the next, I'm going to, I'm going to reach for Phoenix and Elixir because I've spent a little bit of time learning that. Uh, one thing that I like to do, um, when I, so when I do first learn a thing, I do have the, there's the Phoenix book. Uh, I, I have started reading that. Uh, but I, you know, it's the PDF version. It gets updated a lot, you know, as, as new stuff comes out, you get the update, um, the other thing I like for just learning syntax, uh, if it is something like a new language, is I like to do cones. Um, it, it gets me into testing and it gets me into syntax and, and it just gives me over um, a lot of those hurdles right away. So when I have had to learn something from scratch, th- those are the methods I actually go for.
1: I feel like I'm doing cones and I, I don't. I guess I haven't done a ton of them, but sometimes I feel like um, maybe I just I, I don't really think about it too much. It's not really a deep thought as to why I'm writing the thing I'm writing, but I'm just trying to get something that works. I'm just kind of getting something on the screen that compiles and runs and does the thing, and <laughs> it's not.
0: It's yeah. That's that's part of the philosophy. That's that's the shuhari.
1: I you know, but I thinking back on it, going back to my .NET days, uh, there's a point when um, there's always a boilerplate, right, um, to start a program, and the IDE takes care of so much stuff, and you just type stuff and you press tab and it like auto completes. At one point, I started using like Notepad plus plus or something, and I just i i, I vowed that you know I, I would write a program without the help of an IDE generating stuff for me, because I, I thought about it and I didn't really know like how to write any of the boilerplate. <laughs> I didn't really know like I kind of knew what it was, but um, that that was a good exercise um, is to get. And maybe a lot of people don't don't know unless you use IntelliSense and like Visual Studio C Sharp. But you don't have to think. Like There's this huge standard library. You press dot, and it lists every method that it has, and it gives you the whole signature of what it returns, what it takes, and it gives you a little tiny doc string about it, and it's all right there, right underneath your cursor. You're ready to rock. Um, and it's good. It, it adds to productivity, but at the same time, like you stop thinking about things, too, um, because it is so easy. And uh, Maybe uh, that should be it brought up as a a way to learn is to not rely on tooling sometimes and and try to do things the hard way
2: yeah for me i'd say it's still tutorials i think are the way if i had to if i'm trying to learn something new i'm i'm looking i'm looking for a good tutorial and there don't seem to be as many good tutorials these days they so many tutorials seem to be centered around their demo. Like they're going to make a really, they're going to show you how much you don't have to type and how it magically just works. But it doesn't, I like tutorials where they like get you started, direct you into a problem, make you realize, wait, does this work? And then the next slide is like, Oh yeah, it does do that. You learned it. Good job. And then like, all right, you can delete that, you know, and then they'd like do it again. They're like, all right, well, we're here what if we did this? How would you do it? Uh, I think I do this in the next slide. Oh, yeah, it does work that way. And then like, where they're like building up on each other or every frame is your editor's state up to that point. Um, for a lot of languages that are very like finished, you know, you can find really good tutorials, um, say like on like C or something. Um, but but languages in frameworks that are in flux, I, I find they don't have the best tutorials or they they're so short that they produce like a hello world app it's like okay but now how do I really do it
0: have you ever spent time learning something and then uh, later thought man that was that was just a waste of time (laughs) (laughs) ember So it's, it's, I, I, uh, I, I, no, I think that what's interesting about that is I don't remember how to do Ember, but I do remember, uh, the component structure, um, because I've done that since in React and, and even Angular, the, you know, the new Angular is all, has kind of that similar component structure. So yeah, I, I couldn't program Ember uh, at all anymore, but I do feel like that was something that I that I took away from it.
2: Yeah, I, like I'll repeat what I said earlier. I don't think I'm learning anything anymore. Like I don't I think I've ever said, oh yeah, I learned that. Because now I know I don't, I certainly don't know it. And the more <laughs> I learn about it, the less I think I know about it. So I, I mean, I, I'm certainly picking up things about tech and like your learning Styles and, and uh, paradigms and techniques, but I now I never think I'm done, so I never think I've like, oh, I learned that, you know. Um, so, I guess in that sense, I haven't ever thought it was a waste of time, it's just this continuum.
1: I, I think the, the only time I feel like it's a waste of time is when I have to learn something for like a legacy thing that I don't think is relevant anymore. Um, But I need I need to learn it for my job because it's something that exists. It's something that's been used, and I'm now forced to learn it. And I hate myself. So,
0: <laughs> so so for me, I used to I used to do uh, a lot of Drupal. Um, it's a it's a PHP framework, and I look back on on that stuff as as a lot of wasted time, honestly. Uh, I think it's a very powerful platform and good for like good for certain use cases like governments and schools and stuff like that. but just I don't feel like there was anything it it was too focused on um, it was a lot of point and click interface type stuff and it's just like, man, this isn't like helping me become a better software developer. I'm not learning I'm not learning these concepts I, I there's not a lot of um, Productivity be gained going forward. Like the next time I go to do this, it's going to take me roughly the same amount of time to fiddle around with this stuff. So, um, that's one that's one example I can think of where I, I look back on the time I spent on that, and I think, man, I should have I should have been focused more on uh, you know generalized concepts about software.
2: Yeah, I think that if you're the thing you're focusing on. Better it either better be fun for you or get you a job, and if it doesn't do either of those, then it's probably a waste of time. Like if you're focused on such, like such a niche, you know, field.
0: Yeah. At the same time, it it got me into programming. It you know it it was my gateway. Um, I just realized, whoa, a lot of the stuff that's going on here is really weird. I need to (laughs) join the join the mainstream.
1: Yeah, I I feel like you always learn at least something from things. Um, so I I don't know if it's ever a complete waste of time, because you always pick up something about tooling or patterns or so. There's there's always something to be learned. There's always a bright side.
0: I actually learned a lot of CSS doing Drupal. Uh, there you go. Because the way that the just the way the platform works is it's hard to interact with the markup. Uh, so i just got really <laughs> good at negative margins and z indexes and a bunch of other uh a bunch of other stuff so honestly i i yeah if you're thinking about it i i i did i did put in my time on css while learning drupal
2: <laughs> yeah because even if you spend a lot of time in something and then at the end think oh that wasn't worth it well you still learned that that was worthless like you've now learned uh <laughs> you learned maybe what not to do so it's almost impossible to uh, feel like you've wasted your time, because you're always going to learn
1: something. Le- learning is learning. <laughs> learning what not to do, learning what to do. Yeah, failing is learning.
0: So so Jason, how is your life going to change after you learn Haskell?
1: Oh. Uh, so I, I'm interested in Haskell for a strongly typed functional language, and um, so... I think if you have experience in typical, and I keep on saying C languages because I just, just kind of lump stuff together, um, like C, C+, C Sharp, Java, um, you, you've learned you know, a way to deal with types and create classes and, and do OO with that. Um But there's cool languages that do a lot cooler stuff with types, and I don't even know how to describe it because I don't don't do it right now. But I know they do cool things, or at least I've heard about it. So I just want to learn how to do cool things with types, potentially. Um, Maybe some examples I've heard of is, like, a lot of people are talking about Elm right now, right? So that's, like, a strongly typed functional language. What they talk about is the compiler. Like, you can go and just make a change and make something fail and the compiler will tell you like what's going on and you can you can it's really easy to use that information to go back and change what you need to change the compiler will tell you what to do basically as opposed to you know getting a stack trace um, at runtime in JavaScript and it's just uh, undefined you know and you're like what does that mean like why is this undefined what what's going on and you try to look through the stack trace and get into framework code and it's in some kind of jQuery callback and you're like, I have no idea where this came from or what's going on. Um, so, yeah, you can use, I think, I'm, again, I think that there's some cool stuff to do there with types. And following, introducing a level of strictness, you know, like a self-imposed strictness um, to enable that type of thing. That's, that's what I'm excited to learn about next. But right now, just... Uh, my current focus is uh, closure and Lisp, and um, I've got the basics down. I know the syntax I like can get by, but um, I don't feel like I've hit the point of enlightenment yet. Maybe I need to write some macros and metaprogramming to hit that. So I think after that is when I can start looking at other languages again. How about yourself, Ross? Is there, you, you're saying Phoenix and Elixir are a couple of things that you've been interested in learning from the value aspect is there anything else uh
0: so yeah so phoenix and elixir um are interesting to me for just just the performance that you that you can get out of them um spending a little bit of time uh doing those cones i did it um there's like a lot of different uh data types for sets like there's a set there's a list there's an array like these are all different things um, and that was more. That was somewhat like, oh yeah, that's right. I I took some computer science classes. These are things. There are data structures. Um, because my day to day is so like, yeah, you have arrays and you have objects. Like you know, doing a lot of Ruby and and doing a lot of JavaScript is like, these are your data types. These are the things you need to accomplish most of what you want. Um, so to what you were saying, that does kind of open up some, some, um, some doors. Um, the other thing that I, that I learned more, more recently was, um, you know, is, is react, uh, doing, doing a deeper dive on that. Um, and I do feel like that has, that has affected the way that I write, uh, all of my JavaScript and all of my Ruby. As I said earlier, I, I have always kind of, um, I was taught very early to you know avoid having a bunch of state all over the place, but now um, you know I I take that even even further. I try to I try to write all my code. Um, I, I try to be immutable as much as I can. So um, yeah, I, I've I've learned I've gone out and and tried things, but at the end of the day, it's more of like the concepts that I take um, that come back. I'm as, so the other thing that I'm doing is I'm actually working on. A uh, it's a new platform. It's an e-commerce platform that's built on Rails. So that's actually what I've been learning more than anything over the past two months. Um, and that's there's a lot of like uh, it's using Mongo. So I'm I'm learning a lot of that stuff. And it's it's valuable. Uh, you know, there's there's concepts, but it's again at the end of the day, it's just it's a it's an easy way to build an e-commerce site. Um, and so that that's what I'm excited about is is being able to to deliver, uh, you know, value, uh, to people. What, what, what about you, Jace?
2: Um, well, I'm getting more involved with our infrastructure team. So I'm looking to learn a little bit more about Kubernetes and helm and all that sort of nonsense, um, which is not really like a programming language. It's they're all just configuration files and it's just more about learning about all the infinite options that are possible there. Now, I would say that in configuration management tools, they seem to have really good docs and really good tutorials, even ones that are, like, brand new, because there's no way to do it unless you do it correctly based on the docs. There's no, like, guessing. So (laughs) the step one of building a new configuration management tool is to document how it works. Um, So I will say those, like, seem to be pretty good to learn, pretty easy to learn, because they they have to be documented well. Um, But it... I'd like to get into more React. Like, I'd like to learn how to learn React because, uh, like, I I'm not getting it. Like, I've read tutorials and they're like, "Oh, that's it. Okay." So I'm so I know React now, but I still can't build anything. <laughs> and then it's like, "Oh no, you need this thing." Oh, well, I didn't say that. And then like, then I'm in another tutorial. So. I don't know. I guess I have to wait twenty years for the React book or React good <laughs> parts to come out, and then, and then maybe I can learn React.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our thoughts here on the New Best Practices. We are on the internet at thenewbestpractices.com. You can find our contact information there. We're on Twitter and whatnot. Feel free to yell at us. If you enjoy this program, please leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice and tell your friends. We are currently, very slowly, working on the next season, and any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks again. We look forward to next time.